This is the Scripture Study Project. We are your hosts, Krista and Zach Horton, and this is our podcast where we study Scripture with you. Each episode, we help you discover new or renewed excitement for God and His Word. Invest your heart and personal life into your study and connect with others as you teach and learn together. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to our mini-series on the Book of Mormon. Uh, In this episode, we're asking two questions, the first of which is, how should I read the Book of Mormon? Or maybe how how can I read the Book of Mormon? Because there's not really a should necessarily, but we there are different ways that you can approach the text of the Book of Mormon, right? Yeah, so many different ways. And I think that kind of relates to, I guess, what we talked about last time. But I'm going to start with my answer. Um, and maybe this will be contrary to what I what I should should be answering, but there's no shoulds when right. it comes to scripture study. Don't you think that's what we need to publicize? Yeah. It doesn't need to look anyway. Because the first thing that I, I had thought that I actually wrote down was, as I was thinking about this, was that nothing needs to be said. There mm. doesn't need to be a way that we need to study. Like, what if we approach it at, with maybe lower expectations? Or removing pressure and expectations yeah. so that I don't feel like I have to do certain something. Right. Um, <clears throat> I was even thinking of just the way that I'm coming into this year as opposed to other years that we've studied the Book of Mormon. Um, and I think we have built up so many resources in the church, especially if you think about since we last studied the Book of Mormon mm. with Come Follow Me, with the new Come Follow Me, was that there are now so many resources like we said, so many podcasts, so many YouTube channels, so many study guides like we always have. And um, maybe we've bolstered that a little too much that it gets it's getting overwhelming again. I think at first a lot of them, a lot of these resources, and they still are very helpful and can be really great. But now do we feel like we also need to read the scriptures and listen to something and make sure that we know all the details behind whatever's happening? Yeah. So we've kind of built up this other, like, maybe Come Follow Me was supposed to be something to help us ease the the burden a little bit. I hate, I don't like to call it a burden, but I'm sure everyone knows what I mean. Well, there's just, there's with with so many resources now, uh, you can you can feel a little bit like, well, if I'm not, like you said, if I'm not reading the scriptures and listening to a podcast and having this cool insight and designing my scriptures this way and doing this cool idea and or using this cool idea. if I don't have the right markers or the right tabs to stick in things right. or the right insights. And for me, I guess... It's probably just maybe a personality flaw that I have that I'm not more structured sometimes, but sometimes that's the way that I have to do it. I think a lot of people are that way. So, and maybe it is removing that. I think that's why I liked um, having that question more. Like we talked about last time, like, why am I reading it? I'm going to come in with that each day and Mm -hmm. kind of take that. And my other thought was, um, like, I kind of like it in small doses. I like reading a couple scriptures, like maybe how I should do it is I like having a verse or two that I read because I like the idea of sitting down and making it a more meaningful, meditative experience with my study. But some days all I do is I go out for a walk and listen to a couple chapters of scripture. And I think those things help me ruminate with my ideas a little more and help it make a it becomes a part of my day rather than um, maybe just this regimented thing that I have to do. So I, it's funny because I would have said maybe years ago that what I need is this like 
hour of time, which I love. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. That is great. But I also have loved fitting it in into places that are less normal. So that's a really encouraging. So, so your your answer is there isn't a, sh- a should. Maybe eliminating some of the shoulds. Yeah. I mean, we we should be interacting with the scriptures because they're written to help us connect to God. But as far as how that looks, it doesn't need to be look a certain way. Certainly not any way that's prescribed by you know by someone else. Right, mm-hmm. it's something that meets your needs and that helps you connect to God. I do think the one thing that I'm trying to get back to that maybe we all could because is a little more scripture, a little less um, listening to other people yeah. talk. Yeah. Well, it's part of the reason why we cut back on our podcast last year. Yeah. Because we just recognize there's a lot of voices out there and why we're not doing a weekly series this year on the Book of Mormon because... We were sick of hearing ourselves talk. We were. Let's be honest. And there's so much <laughs> out there, again, all of which is really good, especially in And it can in come in doses, doses right. but I don't think that we need to feel like we have to listen to everything. Um, most importantly is probably to... Well, for sure, most importantly, is to actually go to the Word and then to pray and listen for inspiration, how God is going to show up in your life. Yep. My, my answer is maybe similar to yours um, because I, um, you know, having taught the scriptures for a lot of years, um, there's a phrase that keeps cropping up, um, and a, a lot of it was... In my earlier days of teaching, I used this phrase. Um, I would I would tell students, don't just read the scriptures, study the scriptures. And you know, we talk about feasting on the word and getting really deep. And I'd show them how to mark and to annotate and to find insights and look at footnotes and cross references and all of which is wonderful. But as I look back on it, I think, um, well, I, I think this. This is so. In our last episode, we talked about the why, and I read all those different thesis statements from the different authors. But I didn't read this one um, at the end of the Book of Mormon. So you're, you know, when you think back to that middle school essay, you put your thesis statement at the end of your introduction, but you also restate your thesis at the beginning of your conclusion, right? So you tell them what you're going to tell them, then you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them is the way that it was explained to me when I was in school. So here's the last chapter of the Book of Mormon, Moroni chapter 10. We often shortchange this by jumping to verse 4 first, but Moroni actually starts Moroni's promise or his challenge in verse 3. His first exhortation is this, and I think the wording is interesting. He says, Behold, I would exhort you when you shall read these things. If it be wisdom in God that you should read them, that you would remember how merciful the Lord has been unto the children of men from the creation of Adam, even down until the time that you shall receive these things and ponder it in your hearts. And we skip that sometimes and we, we jump to the promise in verse four that if you ask God, then he'll tell you if the, the, that you can know the truth of the book by the power of the Holy Ghost. But we miss that Moroni's challenge isn't actually to study the Book of Mormon, it's to read it. I would exhort you that you would read these things. I don't know if Moroni or Mormon or Nephi or, or any of the ancient authors of the Book of Mormon, <laughs> in, in looking at our day, I don't know if they had intended the fact that in order to really get a lot of the Book of Mormon, we needed to um, dissect it and pull out verses and find all of these super insights, all of which is good, but I think there might be something lost if we don't just read it. So my answer to the question of how should we read the Book of Mormon is we should read it. Just... Don't be afraid to um, 
feel like you're not doing enough if all you've done is read. Yeah. And maybe like, even make that a goal. Because isn't that what it's become is like, oh, all I did was read. When in, in reality, it's like, no, you don't, you don't have to have those expectations to study and make sure you're color coding everything you do. I had a student years ago that um, he was trying to catch up on some past reading that he needed to complete to, to earn credit in seminary. Um, but he just wasn't a good reader. And um, so he, he was explaining to me his frustrations. And part of it was, he said, I, I just, when I sit down and I read, I don't feel like I get anything out of it. And I, I'm trying, like I'm trying to mark and I'm using a pencil and I try and look at the cross references, but I just, it doesn't, it's not clicking. And um, I asked him, have you ever thought about listening? Just listening. And he had no idea that there was an audio version of the scriptures. And so he, um, he listened to the entire Book of Mormon. It was in like two or three months. He just listened to it straight through. And for him, it was transformative because the story of the Book of Mormon was so powerful to him. It wasn't, he didn't come away with a favorite verse or a particular doctrinal insight. He just loved this story of God helping his his people. And he found himself in that story so many times. And so I always think about him and think maybe Maybe we need a little bit more of that to just read the book and and experience what the authors of the book, I think, wanted us to experience. I think we've all maybe exper- experienced that a little bit where you read a novel or a story that you're just like so enraptured by that you can't stop thinking about it after. And like, what if a few of us had more of that experience with the Book of Mormon? I don't know. That was really hearing that story about that, you've actually told me that story before, but for some reason hearing it this time just made me realize like there's so many different ways that we can experience scripture. And I think it's really beautiful to not regiment those to a certain way and also not discount that those ways can be really beneficial, but to not put ourselves or put ourselves down by thinking that they have to look a particular way. Yeah. Yeah. So we were going to do these two questions in separate episodes, and then we thought, well, they kind of they kind of relate enough that we're going to put them into this episode too. Um, so the question now is, as I'm reading the book or as I'm studying in detail, um, what should I what should I look for in the Book of Mormon? Yeah. What do you think, Zach? Well, I think there's probably a lot of what we just said that applies here, right? I know. I'm like, I guess we already answered that. <laughs> getting a few rid times. of a should. <laughs> So, but, or even the, why should I read? We already talked about like, well, we look for Christ. That's why, that's what you look for. You you look look for for. him, you look for yourself. So those those all kind of relate to. There is, I think, a helpful frame I've used um, when reading the Book of Mormon that helps me to, to, to really kind of pull some of the the powerful truths out of it that can make a difference in my life. Um, And it's just a simple four part um, look for frame. So, and they're, they're, um, not opposites, but they come in pairs. So the first pair is to look for doctrines in the details. Um, the Book of Mormon is a book primarily of stories. And you do have some segments like Nephi's quoting of Second Nephi or the Savior's teaching in Third Nephi that are doctrinally heavy, where there's a sermon. But unlike um, what we just got done reading at the end of last year, the Pauline epistles or the other letters at the end of the New Testament, um, there's a story here. And the story is, is again, meant to be read and experienced. But within that story, there are doctrines. There are truths um, that the story is intended to convey. Mormon is putting these stories deliberately in the book. And he's putting them in a deliberate order so that as you read a story, you can pull from it a truth. 
So that's the first look for, is to look for doctrines in the details. And then the other one is to look for practices in and principles, or principles and practices. Um, sometimes there's confusion about what's the difference between a doctrine and a principle, and I don't think it's really that important to separate the two, but if we did want to, a doctrine is a truth, an eternal and unchanging truth about God, whereas a principle is a doctrinally based guideline for what we ought to do. It's how we we use that truth. And so it's one thing to look for a truth about God in the scriptures and to say, for example, in the story of 1 Nephi, I notice uh, that the Lord sustains those that are about the business of keeping his commandments, right? It's a story of Nephi trying in these multiple different stories to do what God is asking him to do, even though it's really hard or doesn't make sense. I learn the truth that God helps those who are trying to keep his commandments. But what's the principle in that? There's a principle for me. Of course, a really easy one is, well, I should be striving to obey commandments. Maybe even the ones that are confusing or make less sense to me. Because if I work towards obeying those commandments, then God will assist and help me. So that's something that helps me to look for doctrines and the details and then principles and practices um, that can kind of... Uh, make the Book of Mormon not just something that um, is spiritually edifying, but also makes a difference in my life. I think that kind of reminds me of some of the, like, I want to say the fun part of scripture study, which is like reading a verse and be like, I love what that says. I love that that says the truth shall set you free or the little catchphrases sometimes that can help us just be more motivated or feel more excited about following God for one particular reason or following the the principles or the things that we need to be doing that make it feel fun. Dare I say that? Mm. Is that does that even make sense? <laughs> well, someone once told me that um, that they view the Book of Mormon as a workbook. In fact, they deliberately this as a teacher friend of mine deliberately buys um, the or gets the missionary copy of the Book of Mormon rather than using a, a nicer one with a leather cover because he wants to convey to his mind that the Book of Mormon is a workbook. It's meant to be something that I come to. And that I wrestle with my own life within the reading of the Book of Mormon. And I'm I'm writing notes in the margin, not on why this is interesting or what cross-references I can use, but on what I'm going through in my life. This is, you know, this mm -hmm. verse I like because it makes me feel this and I want to do this. That's what I'm writing in mm -hmm. the margin. At least that's how he did it. And I always really like that approach. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people do that. And that idea of kind of separating into like, it's really fun to look for those motivational titles of doctrines or truths of what we should be doing and then i also like like sometimes you need those little catchphrases or those motivating phrases from the scriptures that really just stick out to you for that that study or that time or that reading whatever it is so i really like that okay. anything well, else i think that's it for today um or for this episode i should say and we'll be back soon with a couple more questions mm -hmm.